Welcome to the Elevant Podcast. I'm Mike Hamilton, and today I'm excited to share my conversation with Justin and Tara Gaddis. Tara is a decorated long-distance runner with three 5A state titles at South Lake Carroll. She was a scholarship athlete and national qualifier at Texas A&M, five-time Boston Marathon qualifier, two-time overall top female at the Irving Texas Marathon, and recently ran rim-to-rim at the Grand Canyon in 11 hours. She finished the Bandera 100K as the seventh overall female and first in her age group. Justin is a psychology professional, self-proclaimed weird sport athlete, participating in disc golf and rock climbing, among others, but also has recently become an avid long-distance trail runner. Together, they combine a lifestyle and mindset with mutual support to accomplish really spectacular things. I found almost all of their advice about fitness and running applicable to all aspects of life, and I hope you leave this episode as inspired as I did. All right, cool. So Tara and Justin, uh, not Grant. (laughs) Welcome. Um, I guess if you if you guys are comfortable, just um, you know the reason that I wanted to talk to you both is because you're you know hyper athletic. Um, you're obviously constantly running these like super long distance races. Um, I guess just tell me kind of like where each of your passions started for uh, for running and athletics in general. Well, so mine started a long time ago. Um, my older sister actually got me into running. Um, so she started running and I remember picking her up from practice and my mom and I were like, people run like that's a sport. I don't understand. Um, so, but then, you know, years later she was like, Oh, come join me at the summer track, um, program. So I started running at summer track and I ran like one lap around the track and could barely make it. And I'm like, this is horrible. I'm not doing this. (laughs) Um, but Sure enough, I kind of stuck with it. And then I found myself running through middle school and high school and high school is kind of where I saw my first success. Um, So we, I was on a cross country team that won a lot of state championships and um, we also got to go to nationals. And um, that's where I fell in love with running because I was like, Hey, I'm kind of good at this and I like it. Um, And I saw success in it. So then I knew that I I was going to run in college. I just, um, I got some scholarship offers to a couple different schools and I ended up landing at Texas A&M, which was where my older sister went as well. So I kind of continued to follow her path. Um, And running in college was kind of a totally different world because I went from being like one of the best in Texas to like middle of the pack with, you know, everyone's good when you're in college. So it was kind of hard for me at first. Cause I was like, you know, I, here I was thinking I was good, but I was getting like hundred place in a race and it was kind of difficult to, it, it became my job almost in college. Cause when you're on a scholarship, it's like, you have to perform or you're going to get cut from the team. Um, so it, kind of ruined my passion a little bit there for a little bit. Um, But then once I started kind of running more and seeing, you know, getting better at the college level, I fell back in love with it. Um, So I continued my four years at A&M. And then um, after college, I was like, where do I go from here? Because I wasn't good enough to compete with, you know, pro people, obviously. Um, but I still love running. So I, I ran every day. Um, and I would go into like local 5k races, 10k races, and 
you know, see some success there, but it just wasn't really the same as competing at the collegiate level. Um, so just recently, actually, I, I found a friend in the neighborhood who ran these crazy ultra distance runs. Um, and the farthest I'd ever ran before that was marathon. So I, I was just running marathons, half marathons. And she was like, uh, you, you want to sign up for these ultra marathons? And also I'm running across the Grand Canyon. So you want to do that? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> um, so I hopped in with a group of people that ran across the Grand Canyon and back, which was about 50 miles. And it was like just a whole new adventure again, because here I was thinking, you know, I couldn't really compete on the level that I used to in the shorter distance, finding something that was, you know, something new, these longer distance was something I had to learn how to do. Um, so it kind of like started my path with running all over again. So yeah, we did that run at the Grand Canyon and then now I'm doing hundred K's and you know, all kinds of crazy distances. So that's my story. <laughs> nice. And what about you? Uh, I think my athletic career kind of starts and ends with just the word like disappointing. Um, you know, I've always been pretty athletic and could kind of pick up anything and do it, you know, fairly well. Um, I was quite a bit smaller, you know, when I was in high school and listening, I was just always very thin. So it kind of precluded me from playing some, some sports. Um, I, I kind of quit. Like I was just, I enjoyed sports. I did them, but for attitude reasons and other stuff, I just completely checked myself out of sports going into high school. So um, I definitely, one of those kind of things that I regret of not doing, and it just came to a mental and attitude thing. So, you know, fast forward through that, I've kind of always either done like intramural sports in college or stayed active or, you know, lifted weights, or I've, I've kind of been like my friends call me like the king of obscure sports. So like, I got really into things like, rock climbing, you know, when, when COVID hit, I was on a rock climbing trip in like the middle of the desert and had no idea what was going on. Um, I was like playing in disc golf tournaments. It, it's like, you know, running now and other things. I, I think where I contribute the most athletically isn't so much um, athletics as much as just like a mindset. Like I'm just a pretty intense person. And so anything I do, especially as I've gotten older and had that whole, um, you know, childhood and kind of adolescence of like quitting, right? Like I was always so prone to quit when things got hard, I would say, I'm done. I'm out. I don't need this. And now I've kind of gone the complete opposite route, whether it's marriage or running or, you know, schedules, I'm just hyper-focused on, you know, intensity and routine and trying to be productive, whether that's, you know, running or at work or every aspect of my life is planned out to try to be successful and, and all kinds of things from diet to work to, to running going to bed at 9 p.m. <laughs> to going to bed like, you know, and um, so running for me is pretty I didn't start running pretty regularly until kind of COVID. And that's I stopped rock climbing um, just for a lot of reasons, getting in the gyms and training became harder. Um, so I just started running and like there's funny stories of my intro to running. It was quitting. It was a half mile in, a quarter mile in, a mile in. It was running stinks. I hate this. I'm going home and never running again. And I would sprint. I would be so out of breath, but I could sprint home on a side street. 
you know, and yeah, something. me standing there like, well, I guess his running career is over. I tried. <laughs> and then eventually it was kind of the same thing as I started getting a little bit better, a little bit better to where it was more reinforcing, learned how to pace myself. Um, and then got on trails. And once I got on trails, it went from, you know, I thought a mile or two was hard. And then it was suddenly like seven miles, eight miles, nine miles, 10 miles, a half marathon on a trail, no music by myself, you know, like I'll say stuff to her about going or I'll speed up, you know, it's so much more enjoyable when I found kind of a niche thing to, to just hyper-focus on. So you really didn't run, you're up to over 10 miles right now and you didn't start running until a year ago? I, you know, it's funny. I really didn't start running until August. Um, so I, I never had ran an entire mile in my life. I don't think until like last March. And then it was the weirdest thing. Like I was in relative shape. You know, yeah, it was pe- bad. People- I mean, I think I told them, I was like, you are so mentally weak. Like if, if I look at you, like, I know you can do this. Like, you yeah. know, any normal person would be like, you're super athletic but he couldn't make it a mile. And I'm like, it's all in your mind. You're just telling yourself and you're quitting. Like you have to switch your mental attitude. <laughs> and, then, and now I just like flipped a switch to where, you know, if it's 25, 30 degrees outside, it's like, I get excited. It's yeah. like, man, it's really terrible outside. I can't wait to run this morning. I created a monster, unfortunately. <laughs> did, you, did you both, did you run the Canyon together? No, no, no. <laughs> he, uh, he was my, well, you can't really have support crew in the Grand Canyon, but, um, he hiked some with some friends. He went down and then just back up one side, but he basically waited for, Wait, I gotta interrupt. <laughs> we did a 14 mile hike. We didn't just hike. We hiked six or seven miles down six or seven miles up at a good clip. It, it was a nice hike. Uh, She's acting like it's not a big deal. So I did 10 it was, times. It might not have been deal. 50 miles across, but it was a big deal. You know, yeah. we were, we were blowing past the old people. I'll tell you that. Wow. Yeah. So I saw the pictures, right? Like at the finish line, I think, or, or shortly after it was over and you guys were together. So I just assumed you both did it. But. Yeah. No, he just uh, took my picture in the last minute video of me running. But yeah, I think he was jealous though. I think he would do it. I was, you know, I was jealous and, um, you know, she ran the Bandera 100K which is that like 62-ish miles or so last weekend. I was like, yeah. saying, and I was crewing with my mother-in-law and we're, we went stop to stop. We had the food. We're seeing all these runners and definitely some jealousy, maybe not of the 100K, but maybe like a 50K coming up. I definitely had jealousy of seeing all those people, um, not only how happy they were when they finished, but watching people sort of suffer through and just keep going. Uh, it's weird to say a lot of people will see that and say, I, I never want to do that. But I looked at that and said, man, like if you could just do that, imagine what kind of dividends that pays through your everyday mindset, knowing how hard that was. And like, you know, that theme of you didn't quit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually like halfway through an interview with uh, Yuval Noah Harari. He's an Israeli author of a book called Sapiens. And okay. he's sort of obsessed with the concept of suffering in like the okay. kind of like Buddhist context of like everything is suffering and you have to like, you know, how, how, how much stronger it can be and letting go and like working through it and everything like that. So it, you're, you're, you're hitting a nice, uh, a nice head for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, how important is, uh, I guess to both of you, cause you kind of both have separate pr- pursuits, but how important is winning to you? It's interesting because people ask me that all the time because I went to, growing up, that was my sole purpose of running. Like if I'm not going to win, then why am I doing it? Um, but the older I got, it was like, 
I don't necessarily need to win, but I need to win in like my standards. So like going into a race, I know a time, I always have kind of like an A and B time that I want to hit. And if I don't hit that, then I would be really upset. But to hit that certain time, that's winning to me. Um, But also, you know, I, I am super competitive because like the Grand Canyon, that wasn't really a race at all. That was go with a group of friends, run across, run back, like experience the Grand Canyon. And I went with like 10 other friends. And immediately when we got down from the first rim, I just took off. And I, I actually had some friends say like, you know, this, this isn't a race. And it wasn't a race, but like for me to enjoy it, I had to push myself as hard as possible. So like, to me, it was the best thing ever because I ran it as fast as I could, but I was still experiencing it. Um, so I don't know what, you know, winning it, I guess I kind of have a different concept of winning in my head. So to me, like, I still want to win, but I guess I want to go after whatever that winning goal that I set before I, you know, did the race or did the run. I like beat yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think winning for me, just in anything, whether it's a board game to, Mm -hmm something at work, like I'm hyper competitive in the sense that if, if you were to bet me something and it was a dollar or multiple hundreds of dollars, you're going to get the same version of me, you know, and it's, it's intense. And, um, I, I like to think that, you know, I'm a good winner, but I've grown to become a good loser, you know, and like whether we're on teams or more obscure sports or playing like a kickball league and like, I'm okay losing. I'd really prefer not to, but I know if, if I put in like the best effort, whatever it was, and I was checked in and I got beat that someone did better, it's completely okay. You know? And I think that's the thing about running. It's your, you, you laced up your shoes or you didn't, right? Like you got out the door, or you didn't, you hit the time you wanted to, or you didn't, you finished or you didn't. And there's so many other things in life to where they're just built in excuses, you know, whether it's social media or, well, it's okay to eat that. It's okay to not do this. Oh, he's just not good for you, girl. You know, like all those kind of like built in things that allow people to make excuses and running when I started doing it, it's, it's, there's no excuse. It's just a mirror every day of you win or you didn't. Um, and, and I think for me, the, the winning and competitiveness has just more become, am I doing what I need to do every day and moving forward and moving the needle forward? And if I am, then it's like a good day for me. It's not so much if somebody's behind me or not, because we run with a number of friends. And I think everybody that goes out, we're not like, there's no competing in these workouts. It's just, you want everybody to have an injury free day and enjoy the day and do whatever it is that they set out to do. It becomes very encouraging um, with that. So there's the winning for me is just lacing it up and finishing whatever I, whatever I said I was going to do that day. Do do either of you do any work on sort of like mindset? You both have a very like, kind of clear understanding I feel like of what's going on between your ears maybe that's just being out on trails for hours at a time well that definitely does help I mean just running by yourself it's all a mental game I mean even when you're on an easy run it's like okay I can pick it up some more like it's self-talk like on my 100k that I did last week there was so much self-talk I mean I was alone for majority of the race. So I'm just talking to myself, like motivating. If people could hear me during a race, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, what is she like? What is she doing? Um, but 
I, I think it's just something that I kind of grew up. I mean, not that my parents are super like strict or anything, but it was just like, I've grown up always having goals and different measures that I wanted to meet. So I think I was just kind of self-motivated and I don't know if that really answers. <laughs> I, I don't think Tara would want me to share all this, but it's much more intense than that. It's um, <laughs> the mindset thing is like an everyday, all day thing. And it's, uh, I think it, I've always been intense and, and Tara's intense. And I certainly have obsessive leanings and preferences and things like that. But like funny story is, so we get married, we sign up for life insurance policies. Yeah. Right. And I always thought I was in like decent shape. I go in there and I get measured and they basically tell me that my BMI puts me as overweight. <laughs> and here's what, here's the thing. And like BMI is not a great indicator. Insurance no. companies love it, but there was some truth to it. Like, you know, at high school, I weighed 135 pounds. I went to college. I was like, I'm really skinny. Let's gain weight. I got up to about 165 in the first year. I just kept eating everything, lifting as much as I could. But then after college, I was just thought I was in that same shape. And then like every couple of years, you just gain more weight, gain more weight, gain more weight. So fast forward to, you know, 32, 33, however I was at the time, I'm on the scale and I get put in this risk category of I'm paying the highest life insurance policy per month because they say I'm overweight. I don't know what the BMI was, but it was something. And at the time I was about six foot and 200 pounds. And I didn't realize that like, I was kind of like, I was heavier than I'd ever been. I was a little soft around the tummy, you know, like some of my friends had made jokes about how much ice cream I was eating and stuff. Like a dad bod situation. I was, I was working on a dad bod after we got married. And uh, so, but when it, when it tied to a financial aspect and someone I didn't know told me my BMI was high, I remember calling the person that was doing our insurance. And I said, here's what's going to happen. I was like, give me three or four months. I'm going to drop a bunch of weight. And I'm going to weigh back in and I'm going to pay less. And he was like, you know, Justin, it doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. I was like, yes, it does. And I hung up the phone. So fast forward, I won't get into like a lot of details, but I dropped um, about 40 pounds in maybe four or five months. Yeah. You know, four or five months, I dropped about 40 pounds. Eating cans of tuna and it, nasty stuff. It was all diet. No way. I mean, I was exercising and rock climbing, but my, my exercise didn't change. It was straight diet. I looked at what do I eat? Am I being honest with myself? What is this regimented schedule? I can eat different things. And so everybody starts asking me, I start getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I clock back in and it's funny. I go into the nurse's office and she's about to wave me and I start taking off my clothes. And she's like, what are you, what are you doing, sir? And I was like, I'm weighing in. I was like, you're not getting me this time. She's like, I've, I've met you before. I was like, yeah, she goes, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. She goes, well, you just look really thin. I was like, yeah. I was like, you told me I was fat last time I was here. I got thin. And the funny thing about that is, is she's like, have you lost more than 15 pounds? It's like, try 40, you know, and, and she starts to think, and that's like a medicine type thing, that something was wrong. You know what I mean? It wasn't like you could get in shape, you could get healthy, you were carrying ice cream weight around. It was something's wrong with you to lose this kind of weight, but all that weight was just like extra. Long story short, I get there, my life insurance policy drops by half over a 20-year policy. It's like an eight or $9,000 savings to drop 40 pounds and then running in every aspect of life became a lot easier. And I just never stopped doing that a few years later of just intensity and bedtime and eating and, and exercise. It just kind of became so ingrained. It's hard to be our friend with our intense lifestyle. <laughs> it's very hard because we eat dinner sometimes at like three or 4 PM and you know, it's, 
people call you like, what are you doing? I'm like, get ready for bed, man. It's eight o'clock. It's bedtime. <laughs> I feel that. I've got an, an almost two-year-old though. So we, we are, uh, oh, yeah. we have to adjust with her. So we, we usually oh, yeah. are trying to be asleep before nine o'clock and then, uh, <laughs> you know, but. See, you have a good excuse though. We're just like weird for doing it. Oh yeah. We're <laughs> early bird special, but we get up really early. Yeah. You know, and, um, and some of that, you know, the original question was about mindset. And so it's kind of giving you that, that guide into the intensity of like our relationship and lifestyle. We're on the same schedule. So we go to bed at this time. We don't compromise. You know, we might spend an hour or two a day stretching, like might have the TV on or a podcast on, like listening to something that has like mindset type stuff and some more of the popular type people to listen to. Um, we stretch and we eat and we do those kind of things. We go to bed at the same times and we just don't compromise that. Like we've been out of the country and it was, well, you were still going to run. You're still going to get up vacation. Well, vacation means you get up at 6am, not 530. Um, so it, it is that mindset of it builds momentum, you know, and the more you do it, um, it starts to permeate into your work and your life and your relationships. And, and I think everything else. And I, I've seen it pay a lot of dividends just at work. And working out and everything, you, you kind of uh, put out what you take in and if you stay consistent and routine, like good things end up happening usually. You already kind of reminded me of David Goggins, but with the, oh. weight, with the weight loss, I feel like it's, a, it's a, a very stunning parallel. You can't imagine how many times I hear and then every day just, you know, I, I could just be doing whatever and he'll walk in and he's like, stay hard. I'm like, really? <laughs> or like one time it was, she wanted to take a shower before me. Oh, I was yeah. like, she's like, oh, I'm getting a shower. I was like, I was about to get in the shower. And I was like, well, maybe if you give me 20 push-ups, you can get in the shower first. So I did the push-ups. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. I've definitely, I've definitely listened to David Goggins and um, a lot of the people that are kind of associated with that. And I listen to a lot of Rich Roll and stuff like that. And I'm definitely nowhere intense as David Goggins, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in how he got to where he is. And I don't think you want to be that intense. And I don't think you want to be that abrasive. I try not to be abrasive. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, you do what works for you and it clearly worked for him and it works for other people. And and if it works for you, it's hard to really knock. I like, I heard recently the uh, Pete Carroll, the Seahawks coach. Yeah. He has this uh, phrase or the saying that he uses is no synonyms. So he never allows any of his coaches, any of his players or himself. Like if he has something that he wants to tell you, there's like, there's no other way to say it. It's, it's this, like it's discipline. It's not trying hard to be disciplined. Like it's no, it's, we will have discipline. Right. Like that, that sort of super specific mindset training. Yeah. It, it makes sense. And I think it, it doesn't give you that wiggle room to make excuses. And I, and I think all of us are there, right? Like I talked about having a quitting mindset when I was younger to you know, people I work with sometimes we work with a lot of people and sometimes they sell themselves short or don't hold themselves accountable. And like when you start holding yourself accountable and you're very specific, it's this date, it's this, we're doing this. You, you see it to start being self-fulfilling. You have people do that. People get success. It builds and people enjoy it right? When you give people outs, naturally, a lot of us will take outs. You know, it's, oh, you don't have to run today. Or, you know, you could just eat this today. And it's like, maybe that's fine today. But what about when today becomes tomorrow and becomes next week? And then you're 40 pounds overweight, get hit with a heavy life insurance policy. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's what happens sometimes when you, when you don't hold yourself accountable. How often do you feel like y'all lean on each other for that support? I mean, you both, you sound hard as a rock, strong, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, but 
how often are, is one of you weak and the other one sort of holds you up? So, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't really need anyone to motivate me. <laughs> so if anything, I try to use him to maybe like remind me that rest is good because I can be like, I want to be intense all the time. And I feel like if I am resting, then I'm being lazy. So I try to ask him like, is it good to take time off or, you know, like, please tell me that I need to just sit on the couch because I need someone to remind me that like rest is good. That's how you get better. Um, so I don't need him to motivate me, but I kind of need him to slow me down sometimes. I wouldn't say, yeah, neither one of us are very warm and neither <laughs> one of us are, we're not very empathic people. You know, we're just not. And so I think we hold each other accountable by watching the other one. It's like, I knew if I had lapsed on something and I walk in and I see Tara doing it, it's not competitive, but it becomes, I probably need to do that. You know, like, oh, I'm going to eat that or I'm going to do this or do this. And like the other person will likely say like, are you? Not in a mean sense, but it's kind of more, you know, you have a plan, you made kind of commitments to yourself and do that. And, but I do think we are, you know, encouraging, like when she ran Bandera, you know, I was crewing the whole time. I knew she kind of wanted me to jump in and do some of the pacing, but didn't say it. And I was, you know, I was having some knee issues and I was just kind of in my head. I don't like running in the afternoons. And so I was like, can I run 10 or 11, 12 miles? I don't know how fast she's going. And I just jumped in the last four and I just jumped in because there were some other girls close. And I was like, you know, I'm, I told you, I think when I jumped in, I was like, I'm going to run behind you. I was like, I'm not going to let anybody pass you. And we're going to go as fast as you can. And I was just mumbling crazy stuff behind her for, yeah. you know, for a little bit. As she was kind of coming down off a 62 mile race and I was fresh. And those were some of the quicker miles she ran right towards the end. So we're definitely supportive of each other. Um, but I don't think either one of us need to be picked up from a mental sense. Usually, I mean, we're just not. Um, we're not emotionally fragile, if that makes sense. Like nobody walks through the day and needs an emotional pickup, more just reminders of what direction you're going. But I just don't think we're very, we don't move a lot emotionally. It's just kind of, we're here emotionally. So um, I think it's, I think it's helpful because we enable each other's lifestyle by being on the same lifestyle. If, if that kind of makes sense, it's like subtly encouraging because the other person's doing exactly what you need to be doing. Well, and you kind of get ideas to like this morning we were lifting weights and, you know, I want to be like, oh, you know, watch my form. Am I doing the right thing? And so like he can be there for different things where it's like, okay, kind of structure me in this. Or like, if he's doing something, I'm like, oh, maybe I need to be doing that. Or if he's stretching, I should be stretching more. So it's just kind of, like you said, watching what the other one's doing and kind of picking up on ways that we can both get better. Yeah. I hear a lot of support and motivation and not any neediness. <laughs> yeah. No, not a lot. Kept waiting for you to say. That. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I kept waiting for you to say we're not needy, but you said it like three or four other uh, <laughs> better ways, I think probably, but that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> um, how, how have you seen some of your, um, I guess we'll just say mindset or, or anything that you've, you've taken from running or athletics or just sort of like this lifestyle translate into either your career or other parts of your personal life, like in a positive way? So I would say, cause you know, back to kind of like my structure of the day, you know, I always start out with a run and that's kind of like gets me on the right foot to take on the work day. 
Um, I've noticed that I'm more successful in my work when I've already kind of done my passion thing and I've done, I've, I've done my run for the day. So it's like, okay, now I'm ready to start working. Um, and it's helped me have structure in my work too, because kind of every day I structure it a certain way, or I try to at least. Um, and it, it, that motivation feeds into my work too, because I'm like, okay, I have people watching me and, you know, being in sales, it's like, I want to hit a certain number or I want to make a certain amount of money. So I need to talk to a certain amount of people in order to get there. So it all kind of flows in the same, you know, same bucket kind of thing. It's just like, if I can structure my day this much, and if I can work my hardest, um, then I'm going to see that success in my job too. Yeah, I, that's, that's fairly complex, the way I, th- I think about work and how that relates. I mean, on one hand, it's if I'm up really early and it's, you know, you run like a, a quick four miles um, and it was really cold and it was really hard, you know that the volumes turned down on the rest of your day. It's, it was 30 degrees and it was, I was running as fast as I can for four miles and then I rushed to get to work. I've been up for a few hours, which allowed me to collect my thoughts. I ate the same thing, so I'm not rushing to work. You know, I'm not off kilter. Like I'm always kind of the same version of myself, but I've also had a really hard morning. So when I go into work, what's going to be harder than what I did before work? Or if I was in the garage lifting weights and it was 20 degrees and it was really, really cold and I didn't want to be out there, but I did it, you know, answering emails or somebody being upset at something at work. I'm just like, really? Like that's it. Um, With that said, I've also been very cognizant at work of, not infringing like my world belief and personal things on other people, you know? And I think that if people took some of the structure that Tara and I do and some things that could improve, you know, some things about their life, but it also could be bad for some people. And I think so at work, I'm, I'm somewhat in like a leadership role to where I have to find out what other people need. And that's not something really in my nature of I'm not real empathic, which is weird because I should tell you, so I'm a psychologist, so I should be super empathic (laughs) and I should be warm and fuzzy and tell me about your feeling. Tell me about that. How did that make you feel? But I'm just not. I'm much more um, project driven, whether it's like statistics or program evaluation or design or helping people solve problems and big projects. And that's what I think I do well because of all the experience with regimen and those kind of things. But what I found out is I can't be that version of myself and be super intense at work to everybody. Now she hears me on the phone with like um, work people and things like that. And she just thinks I'm a completely different person at work. She's like, you're so nice. Yeah. So- I'm like, well, how come you can't treat me like you treat your coworkers? <laughs> And, you know, I try, I try to be fair and I try to be regimented. I think what people have to get used to me working is some of it seeps in. I get there at eight. I'm there at five. I'll work late if I dropped the ball on something or if I promised you something on a deadline. I'll work seven days a week, a bazillion hours. But I try to be out at a certain time, I try to call it at 5 p.m. And I work as hard as I can from eight to five. So when people adjust to working with me, whether at meetings or other things, like I don't like to do things that don't move the needle. And I don't like to be at things that aren't pushing us from A to B. So I'll small talk with you. I'm friendly at work um, if there's nothing going on. But if we have a project or something else, I don't want to be at a meeting with you for an hour. Tell me exactly what you need. How do we get there? And what do you need to be successful? And I'll do everything I can on my end to do that. You know, um, 
I, I try to go really intense for eight hours. And then when I leave, I'm like, I did as much as I could this eight hours. I'm comfortable signing out today. Well, I think one thing people know too, is like, they're always going to get a response from us like that day. Like I will not go to sleep without responding to an email or responding to a call. And to me, that's just how I am. But I've noticed working with other people that that sometimes is not normal. Um, And it, you know, it can be recognized by either his coworkers or my customers and, And I'm like, wow, like, I didn't realize that this was, you know, something to brag about by responding to an email. I thought that was my job. Um, But people can, people recognize it and they're thankful for it. So I think that just plays into it. It's like, because we are so structured and we like have a sense of urgency, I guess, um, we bring that into our jobs too. So we're like, you know, we want to give them back everything they've asked, you know, right away. We don't want to keep people waiting. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you, have either of you ever suffered a major injury or setback? I wouldn't say they were like major injuries, but I've definitely had running injuries where I've, I've had to take off and I feel like that's where I kind of go into my dark space. <laughs> um, you know, I, when I'm not running, I, I get extremely moody and I'm, I'm not real. I mean, I'm happy, but I'm, I'm not doing the thing that I really want to do every day. So it's hard um, just because we are so regimented and, you know, this is what I do every day when I can't do it. I try to find something else like going on long walks or something. I have to find something else to take that time or I guess I would probably start going a little crazy because it is kind of like my free therapy, you know, when I'm running. So when I can't do it, it's not good. (laughs) I've had some, I've had freak injuries, you know, not related to running. It's been, um, you know, in high school I was playing a pickup basketball game and tore my ACL, you know, just landed wrong. And it was an acute, just an immediate blew out a blowout. Like you knew it happened. Um, the weird thing about ACLs is I thought I was fine five minutes later, you know, walk back up. We were playing at a firehouse. So it was interesting. We were playing with all the firefighters and some of the basketball team and stuff. So fortunately there was like paramedics there that immediately rushed over and checked my knee and were like, you're, you're done today. Um, I eventually had surgery on that and had my ACL redone. Um, I tore my rotator cuff and labrum and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how, like it was weird. It was, I was, I was at the university of Florida um, at the time. And, uh, I was just lifting a lot of like heavier weight than you should be and not being smart about it. Not like, I don't really lift heavy anymore. Like I just much smart about it. It's like when you, when you're lifting for other guys, almost like in the gym, like you're throwing these absurd amounts of weights for no apparent reason. Yeah. And I was playing a lot of volleyball at the time. And one day I just couldn't lift my arm. It was like the frozen kind of shoulder. And I go into the orthopedic surgeon and uh, he's like, your rotator's hanging on by thread. Like you have to have surgery. Like you, you're not going to be able to really lift your arm. So I had those repaired. Um, freak injuries from rock climbing and stuff. I mean, my hands, one of the reasons I kind of stopped rock climbing, like my hands were always hurt. Like I popped some tendons in my fingers. And it's one of those weird things. Like you never, you sustain injuries in rock climbing that you would never sustain in any normal activity. Like, most of us, you might pop a finger, you might dislocate, you know, something, but you don't pop tendons in your hands. Like you don't like, you know, have forearm issues to where you're pulling muscles and stuff. So I, I kind of injury prone 
Um, it, I don't know why, but it, it's, I try to avoid, you know, any more scalpels and stuff, but it's definitely something I have to kind of do load management with running. Cause I'd love to just hop in and run five, six, seven days a week, but I have to kind of pay attention to, you know, I have had a knee surgically repaired. Like my arm has been repaired. I have to do a lot of things around that to make sure that I'm not kind of sidelined for just weeks at a time. Yeah. Whereas I have to be careful cause I get an injury and I just run through it. You know, my favorite or not my favorite question, but when they, when the doctor's like, so what's your pain level? Like, is your knee a one to a 10? And I'm like, like my one to a 10 or like a normal person's one to a 10, because I'm hobbling, but I'm still going to run, you know, 10 plus miles on it. So (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of my problem with injuries. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. What a, I'll hit you with a goal that I have that's going to start in, uh, in March. So I've, there was a very brief time in my life when I was a a kind of what I would call a runner. I, I think I ran like 18 miles at one point. Uh, nice. Like very, very long. Okay. Very yeah. long, like, like 17 years ago, 16 years ago, something like that. So in March and April, I've committed because I'm doing two month resolutions this year. So these six okay. day snippets in March and April, I've committed to running a hundred miles, Okay, which is going to for sure mean that I've got to get up to like at least five or six. And right now I think like if you had a gun to my head, I might be able to do three. Maybe. Right. What's your best advice? So I would say, because when I was kind of helping Justin get into it, what you have to realize is it's okay to take a break. Like just because you took a break doesn't mean like, okay, I've ran my three miles and I mean, I can barely breathe. Take your break, but realize like you're not done after that. So like stand there as long as you want, get water, get a snack for all I care, but like then keep on going. Um, I think one thing that people don't realize is like, it's so much in your mind. So like, you know, what's the worst going to happen? You're going to like, I mean, you're not going to fall over and, and pass out, you know? So just take breaks and like, keep it where you're kind of slowly building up. Um, you know, start with the two miles, then add on where you have, you know, two runs that week do three miles. So just like slowly build up and then you'll realize, Oh, I can do that. I think that's one thing he realized, like he started out with one mile and, you know, next thing you know, he's running half marathons. And I tell him now, I'm like, can you believe you're doing that? And like, I don't, I don't know if he can, but it's like, you just have to realize like you can go a lot further than you've ever imagined. So just like, yourself. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I was in the exact same boat as you, you know, a few months ago of like, well, I kind of started to want to get into running just because I was so bad at it, right? It's like, if I'm so bad at this, it's like such a glaring weakness, I should probably give it a shot and try to get at least passable. I remember my goal was just, I just want to be able to run two miles. And then it was, I just want to be able to run a 5k at a respectable time, you know, and that, that was all I wanted to do. And I think what was, what was so good about it is, you know, you see incremental success in running. I feel like running is one of the hardest things to do because you don't improve leaps and bounds overnight. You know, it takes a lot of work. It's a mindset. It's constantly looking in that mirror and being honest with yourself. Like, did you lace it up? Did you do those kind of things? Are you where you need to be? And I think the biggest thing is find out what kind of running works for you, right? Like most people go out in their neighborhood, they get X number of miles in, they might go get fit with some shoes that they may or may not love. It's like, I'm like kind of a gear freak. Like 
I'll can, I can tell you what millimeter drops your shoes likely have. Like I'll read all the stuff. I'll look at those. I'll try a ton of shoes on. I'll see exactly what I feel like to where I remove any barrier of excuse. It's like, I'm in the shoes I want to be at. My shorts are at the inseam length they want to be at. I mean, I'm that obsessive to where I have enough water. Um, but what, what worked for me was trail running. It was like I toughing out two or three miles was horrible. I got on the trail and ran six or seven miles with her and her friends. I thought I was going to die. I took the, the first nap I ever took since I was like a baby. Uh, I mean, I took a nap and thought I was going to die. And then it was just, I, I dislike running on roads. I hate running on gravel. I can't wait to get on the trail every time throughout the week. I, I run on trails more than Tara does. I mean, it's like my, my friends cancel. I'm going. Like I'm going to be there and I'm going to be on the trail and I love it and really enjoy it. Some people love group runs. Yeah. Know? Or like music. Like I love, if you, if you putting, love music. There's putting a new playlist together or a podcast or something, something that's like, Oh, I really want to listen to that. So why not run and listen to it at the same time? So that kind of helps too. Yeah. Like what, what kind of running do you like to do now? Or what, what do you generally had before? So I have a really solid mile and a half, uh, like, like route, um, in my neighborhood, uh, that ends with like this brutal hill. Um, <laughs> and, and I love that about it. Cause I'm just like, you know, I, like you, you get there and it's like, okay, well I can't give up on this, on this yeah, hill. Sure. Like, that would be the ultimate, you know, wuss out move. So, um, my house is just over the top of it. So um, that's what I worked up to um, over the summer last year. I, I kind of got to this point where I was like pretty comfortable doing that. And uh, and then somehow I just like lost track of it and just kind of like stopped. I honestly don't really even remember what happened. Uh, pro- probably just like a bunch of stress and stuff and like running out of mm-hmm. time. Tara, you could probably relate to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like se- like September uh, time yeah, frame. Yeah, the dark yeah. ages of our, of our job. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, yeah, I think I just kind of like abandoned it and gotten a negative mindset. So it is a habit. I mean, and once you create that habit, though, it becomes an addiction. Which I don't know if that's good or bad. I say it's the best, probably addiction out there at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you have to create the habit, and then you'll be like, oh wow, you know, we'll be talking a year from now, and you'll be like, remember when I just thought about running a couple times? Now I'm running every single day. <laughs> And it's reiterating, like, whatever you enjoy about running, do more of that specific thing. Like, I, I've been uh, on, like, the track a couple times and done some track workouts, and I, I really, really dislike it. And it, it's not so much a speed issue. It's just I see that track, and when you tell me four times around it's a mile, it seems like an eternity. And I just – I want to run off the track and run home. But when I go on a trail and my watch beeps every mile, I'm like, oh, four months? Wow. I didn't stop six miles, seven miles, you know, eight miles. Like I didn't take a break. Like, this is amazing. But if you put me on a flat road, if I went and ran your loop with you, I would probably be trying to quit after two loops of that at three miles. Like, you know, you ready? You want to go get a snack? Like, should we get a beer? How do we get out of this loop? Just because that doesn't work for me in neighborhoods. Um, So, you know, whatever you like and do um, and to get you to lace your shoes up, I think you have to do that. And some people, that's why a lot of people do running groups. Uh, for accountability and people do the night runs and people kind of, I think, kind of champion each other to do well. Um, for me, like I'd rather run by myself generally, you know, and plus people don't like to hear me m- mumble crazy things behind them when I'm running. Yeah. David I'll, just, I'll just say crazy voice. things, you know, when I was pacing her, I would just say crazy things, you know, and 
we talking more Dom Mazzetti or Army Hammer? I, I don't, you know, I think I'm just kind of more. How flat? Not so much. How flat is ahead. that joke going to fall? By the way. <laughs> well, I, I don't know who the first person is that you mentioned. It. I thought he knew what mine. I have no idea. Um, the latter, like, I'm not like I don't say like crazy stuff. But I'm not going to like tell you to like stay hard while I'm running as much. It's more just kind of mumbling and just kind of a little bit of anger seeping out. And sometimes I'll just say things that like don't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, well, like the last time we were running together, he was kind of slowed down. This wasn't during the race. This was just kind of a trail run. And I was like, can you, I'm going to, I'm going to go past you because I'm going to speed up. And right after I said that, he just like took off. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going past you anymore because you're running super fast. And then we get to the end and he's like, I wasn't going to let you pass me. I'm like, well, we were on like mile seven or eight and we had run a pretty good clip and I've just got, like, I can't really keep up with her on like any, any distance over a road. Like she runs a faster pace than me, but short, we can run, we can work out together trails. We run similar speed and you know, mile seven, I'm like hurting, you know, I'm just hurting. She's behind me. She tells me she's going to pass me. And I think I just took off and I yelled something back like, you're not dropping me today up Shaw. And just like kept going. <laughs> And then I'm keeled over at the end and she's breathing normally. She's like, yeah, you really went to another gear. I was like, cause I wouldn't let you pass me, <laughs> you know? And, um, the one thing I can do, if I can run on the trail and keep a similar pace, it's like, I'm certainly not going to let her pass me there because everywhere else I would get past. <laughs> I like it. Well, I guess, um, the, the last thing I'll ask is just, uh, there's a ton of stuff that you guys have talked about with, um, you know, discipline schedules, routines, um, you know, staying consistent between your, your personal and your professional lives. And I think a lot of it kind of translates to a ton of stuff like outside of running um, as well. I guess is there, if you had to boil it down to like 30 or 60 seconds of advice for people that are sort of just floundering around right now, looking for purpose, what would you say? My, mine is really short, so I want Terry to go first. I got I got four, a four-second one that I would say. So. Okay. Well, I would just say to find something that they're passionate about because I think so many people go through life and they're so sucked in on maybe their job or it could even be being a parent. You know, I've got two sisters, so I kind of watch their – one of them's a parent, one of them's a teacher, and I kind of watch what they do through life and – friends and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, there's only so many days that you have here and to get so worked up on like something to do with work or something outside, maybe in a relationship. It's like, if you can just focus more of your energy on something that you're really passionate about, then it just helps everything in life. You know, that's one reason to kind of make it full circle. I start every day out with a run because I know like when I do that, the day's fine. Like I can start work and, you know, there can be a million people yelling at me or a million different meetings and emails that I need to get to. And it's just like, it's okay. Cause I've already had the thing that I really wanted to do that day and I've already accomplished it. So now it's just like kind of get through the rest until I can do the one thing that I really love again. I guess. <laughs> uh, I think, I think for me, it's just whether it's running or marriage, or you, you went back to school to get a degree, any kind of thing that you are doing that's important to you or better. I think the best advice I could give anyone um, 
in, in, if they have kind of ears to hear it, it's just, you know, quitting's forever. And I think it's not about motivating or being amazing or doing this. It's just quitting is forever. You made a commitment to yourself. You know, you're the most important person to yourself. If you can't commit to yourself, you can't commit to your wife or your spouse or your friends or your family. You can't commit to work. You can't commit to your community. So I think it starts every day, like between your ears, you know, quitting's forever. You quit on yourself. You're going to quit on everybody around you. Um, and I think that's what always helped me, you know. I can keep that commitment to myself. Like I know everybody around me will get a better version of me. I'm hyped. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Yeah, I know. I can get the, get the loop, you know, I need to go get stretched out. I'm gonna go hit the loop. All right, sweet. Well, th- thank you guys so much for doing this. Yeah. Thank you. Our, our first podcast. <laughs>